good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Always good in God's neighborhood. <laughs> uh, well, as we like to say, is God good or what? All the time? And all the time, God is good. Uh, open my eyes to open my eyes and be alive in the world. I would say that it's uh, great to be alive. Oftentimes we... I don't know about it. Sometimes I take for granted life. But some of the ancients would say that, you know, don't take for granted a life because there's a whole bunch of spirits and souls trying to get in, get in this dimension. There's only a few bodies available. So, you know, they'd be elbowing their way to get into this. I was thinking about uh, my, I guess, my grandmother-in-law, who was fully alive, you know, until she made her transition to the next dimension. You know, she was probably in her 90s. She would get up, you know, early in the morning, 4.30 in the morning, you know, be cooking and sewing. And, and people say, you know, just, just slow down. She said, no, I'm going to be fully alive. I'm here to, I'm going to be here till I wear out. I'm not going to rust out. <laughs> that was her approach to life. She was fully alive in the world. Well, today, uh, actually, it's the first day of Advent, and I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, the topics of hope and faith, but we're going to delve deeper into it next week when Reverend Deborah starts, really, the Advent series. But normally, the first week in, in Advent, they talk about hope, and they talk about faith. Now, of course, hope and faith uh, are two distinct words. Hope is something subjective within us. It's a quality. It's a, it's a longing for something that's going to be good in the future. We just hope it'll happen. It may or may not. But faith is knowing something good is happening, and it's happening right now. You know, we may hope for a beneficial force or something to intervene to kind of take care of a situation, and we hope it will, like I said. But when you have faith, there's an absolute knowing that there is something. There's a divine intelligence that's working for our good, individually and collectively. And it's not in the future, but it's right now. Because that's where our belief is. And we're keeping our eyes single on that. I think there's a story in Lessons in Truth or one of the old Unity texts about a woman who wasn't very educated, sophisticated, but she had absolute faith because she said that, you know, she read that you must keep your eyes single 
And if you're having any doubt, then you're being double-eyed and you don't want to be double-eyed. I think when we practice faith, we direct this energy to this realization. And this is fundamental to our teaching that there's one power. Because we live in a universe. It's not a diverse, it's not a triverse, a universe, one. You know, in the Hebrew Bible, in Deuteronomy, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And because God is love, no matter what definition that we have, we can rely, you know, rely on the realization that God is love, that we have absolute faith on a very deep level. That the only thing that this presence is sending our way is divine love, is only sending us goodness. And it's conspiring to bring out the highest and best that is within us. Now, as we realize this, we need not worry about a so-called God attacking us and, you know, for the so-called mistakes that we have made or suffering some sort of repercussions for any so-called sins, which I call self-inflicted nonsense. You know, the original term meant really to miss the mark. Oftentimes when we think about repercussions being coming from the presence of God, we're giving this presence human qualities. And we're making this presence after the likeness of us rather than being in the likeness of this presence. So we recognize that the only sin that there is is that sometimes we just didn't know. We just were ignorant at that particular moment. We forgot who we are and we come from that divine goodness that is always present. The spirit of living God is always knocking at the door of our hearts and is waiting for us to say yes to it. Say yes to this goodness. In fact, I was thinking the other day that this presence loves us so enormously, so intensely, so in unconditionally, it is almost beside itself about how awesome we are. And it's just waiting for us to fully accept this for ourselves. Sometimes it's, I imagine if it wasn't a form of a human being, it would say, you know, I'm waiting for them. It'll be all right when they get here. But I think the instant we put faith in that reality, that one presence and those qualities that come from this presence, everything that we may have set in motion that is not in the fundamental harmony of this presence, it will begin to collapse. And we can begin again at any time. And we can get back into the reason and purpose that we are here in the first place. It'll begin to take shape in a most magnificent way. This is good news. Say this is the good news of the gospel. It's part of every sacred spiritual tradition. That any time our life is turned over to a power greater than ourselves, everything we could hope for, want, or desire takes over beyond what we even could have imagined. Because there's a vibration of oneness. It's proliferating our entire world. It's proliferating our entire universe. We may not always see it, but it's always there. Because there's a spiritual ideal in concert with each other. We just need to get in tune with it. Reverend Janae had talked about that we had went to go see the, the movie Dune, which I hadn't read the books, but some of the youth had read that you know, science fiction book years ago. It had come out, and um, Dune takes place in the year, I don't know, 100,031, many years in the future. 
And there's uh, the lead character, I think his name is Paul, Utre Udiz. He's brilliant, he's young. And he was born to have a great destiny. And this destiny was beyond his understanding because he would often have these dreams and visions, but he didn't know quite what they meant, but he knew there was something there. And he had to travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe during the course of his adventure. And during that travel, he had to ensure the future of his family as well as the future of his people. And at one point in the movie, he's escaping in this helicopter, airplane, flying machine. You know, it's, it's, it's in the future, so it's no name for it right now. And he's being attacked from all sides. And we're looking at it, and it looks like an impossible situation. And it looks like he and his mother, who's in the co-passenger with him, are simply doomed. And he hears this inner voice. I would say it's kind of like an inner guru, an inner guide. And that voice basically says to him that the mystery of life is that it isn't a problem to solve, but a reality to experience. It's a process that cannot be understood by stopping it, but we must move with the rhythm of it. We must join it. We must flow with it. And once he hears that, at this point, he shuts down all the navigational devices that will give him direction. And he just flows with the rhythm of the moment. He's in tune with that one presence and that one power. And of course, when he does that, you know, he, he escapes and, you know, has a happy ending and, and all of that good stuff. But that was a very poignant moment in that film. And it reminded me that there's a universal song of oneness there's always being sung and waiting for the symphony of our soul to get in pitch with it so that this song can move through us. The work has already been done on that spiritual level. And our love and our role is to see it. Our role is to catch it. Our role is to be in tune with it. And it will guide us to do what we are here to do. So that our unique way of expressing it will take us over. It's a universal song of oneness being sung, song waiting for us to get in pitch with it, as I said. And when that happens, the symphony of our soul no longer is in discord. You know, so we can say that the will of God is being done in my life, which is really the ultimate. So that our entire body is not just a physical body that we have. We have an emotional body. We have, an, a, physical, we have a physical body, of course. We have an etheric body, but that's a whole different conversation but but our whole body is moving in harmony with the divine rhythm of the universe there's a rhythm to everything now for this to happen we have to move from having a coping consciousness to a transformational awareness many people are stuck on the human level only and they're cut off from the great whole of life and they're trying to cope with circumstances they try to use their energy to stay exactly the same and change everything outside without changing within first. Everything will be okay if those other people just change. You know, you know there was a book that came out years ago. I don't remember, I remember the author of the book. You know, he said, I'm okay, you're okay. 
But sometimes I think people, you know, live in life that I'm okay, but you're not okay. But some people who have that perspective in life only grow through crisis. And they don't open up to the great insight that is everywhere. But you and I who are on the spiritual path and making a commitment today that we're about change, we're about growth, we're about transformation, not merely coping with our lives. So we think about where in life we're trying to figure out how to cope with this particular circumstance, how to cope with this particular person, how to cope with things that are going on in life. And if we're approaching life from that perspective, we're using the law of mind action to develop defense mechanisms and think that they're protecting us and all we're doing is hindering the flow of life from moving through and as us. And then ultimately through crisis, We'll be swept up in the great law of increase anyway. The the universe is always increasing, growing, and expanding, and we'll get swept up that anyway, anyway, and we'll find ourselves face-to-face with the God presence within. But if we have not worked assiduously on ourselves first and foremost, we may think that these circumstances, that the God itself is somehow the devil. devil is not a real person, but, you know, it's evil. You know, it's just thoughts that we have. See, the unspiritualized evil thinks that anything that comes along in life that tries to change it somehow is negative, is bad, is evil. But when we come to the realization that we're here to grow, develop, and unfold, we realize there's no evil devils out there. These things are simply agents of change. These agents of transformation. They're agents of expansion. And when we recognize that, we will open up and allow it to take place. I mentioned earlier in my own life, you know, how I got on this spiritual path. My life collapsed with my own self-inflicted nonsense with riotous living and drugs, alcohol. I ended up going to a drug rehab center, and my life was like pretty much over, at least in my own mind. Life is over. But then as I look back upon that, those instances that led me to that particular place was the best thing that ever happened to me because it set me on a path that I never would have gotten on without having gone through that. It was an agent of change to see things from a higher perspective. So we're accepting that we're here to be transformed by the renewing of our own minds, which means constant expansion and not a coping consciousness, not a holding on consciousness, but a letting go consciousness and allowing the great will of God to move through us and have its way with us. We may ask, how can we assist in that change? Well, part of it, we must consecrate our life to this presence. Now, consecrate simply means to make something sacred or dedicate something to the service of this presence, this power, this force. I think our role is simply in moving to this transformational awareness is to get in tune with that universal song of oneness on a daily basis, on a moment-by-moment basis, and dedicate our life to the expression of this presence. And when we do, we're not going to defile our life and just watch people, just watch places, watch circumstances, watch the thought patterns that roll through our minds that may lessen who and what we really are because we are here to contribute our life to this presence, something bigger than us, so that this energy of God will take us over. And when we do, it'll heal us. 
It will resurrect us. It will prosper our life. Sometimes this consecration, you know, shows up in some other person, you know, God in the flesh, so to speak. And we have to consecrate our life to God in that way. I recently watched the movie uh, uh, entitled, I think, Bruised. And the lead character is uh, Halle Berry. She was also the producer of it. So it was a very different role for her. Uh, And in this particular movie, she plays a mixed martial arts fighter. And somehow she was, I don't know, defamed because she had quit a fight because of some other demons going on in her mind. And she was kind of down and out. And she, at the time, she had lost her son. And was, the son was now in full custody of the father. And the father was killed right in front of the young boy. And it traumatized him tremendously. So much so that he couldn't speak. He would not speak. He would not utter a word. He would not communicate with people anymore. It, had, it was that deep for him. And so this young boy was back into her life. Do what she could to try to communicate with him. Nothing seemed to work. But something clicked within her. And she decided to consecrate and dedicate her life to him. And as a result of that, she rose to get uh, another you know, title match. And even though she lost, it really changed her and her relationship with her son. And at the very end of the movie, of course, he spoke to her again. I say that because she consecrated to something bigger than herself. And that we want in our own life, we should begin with some act of consecration that this life really is the life of God. That this life is the life of the divine loving intelligence that governs the universe. That this life is the life of beauty, is the life of joy, is the life of wisdom. And in some way, shape, or form, we want to affirm, I dedicate this life and place it in the allness of this spiritual presence. And if we do that on a regular basis, we'll find that our thoughts will come in alignment with the thought of God, with the divine ideas of God. We've all heard the statement, you know, change your thinking and you'll change your life. Well, if we consecrate our life to the presence of God, our thinking will automatically change. You and I will notice how we've become interested in how our life is being consecrated moment by moment to a higher frequency, a higher point of view. And we'll no longer run around worrying about, well, you know, I had this thought. It just went through my head. Now, is this negative thought that I just had, is it going to show up in my life? Is it going to happen to me now? You know, I've been learning all about this stuff, becoming the Spiritual Life Center, and learning about the power of thought and how it's creative and the stories that we create with our thoughts. And the other day I had all these negative thoughts, and does that mean I'm going to catch some sort of disease? I've been hearing about this. I've been watching too much TV now. And there's going to be some negative things going to go on in our life or on the planet. Oh, my God. What's going to happen next? You know, we've been thinking like that. I said, I wish I didn't know all this stuff. You know, because I, before I knew all this stuff about the creative energy of thought, man, I was doing all right. I wasn't worried like I am now. Now, I don't know quite what to do about my thinking because I'm aware of what's going on in my mind, what's passing through my awareness. But here's the thing. When we consecrate our life to the presence, the power, the unchanging something that we call God, 
That becomes our subjective feeling. That becomes our thoughts. And those other thoughts will pass through, but they will not be able to stick because the symphony of our soul will be consecrated and dedicated to the presence and the power and that which is changeless. And those other thoughts will just keep on floating by because we're not interested in them. We're not interested in them. Where we are, we're interested in where we have been concentrating our life. So where we have consecrated our life, where have we lately? What are we living for? You don't have to tell anybody. Some people don't want to let people know what they're living for, but you know, keep it to yourself. But we ask ourselves, where have I placed myself where I have thought for a long period of time? Because those thoughts begin to manifest. And we can say, you know, I declare those days are over. And when we do, the energy of God will take over and transform all those places in our life where we look negative and use all those places to give us qualities and strength necessary to deliver the spiritual goods that we are here to deliver. This is how we begin to change the world. We must first change ourselves. We must place ourselves in alignment with the presence of the living God and God's intention, which is to reveal itself in all of its majesty and all of its glory. Which means, of course, we must be willing to change. For most of us, uh, for me, change is difficult. I've been, I've been a certain way for a long time. So change is not easy. I often say tongue-in-cheek that, you know, when you come to spiritual like center, we accept you as you are but we do expect you to change. <laughs> I say that tongue-in-cheek, I think. Understand, we're here to grow. So people say, you know, I want to change, but, you know, I want to hold on. They're praying to have a wonderful insight, but really they don't want to rock the boat in their life. They really do not want to change, not too much, just a little bit. Change to other people over there. <laughs> They're simultaneously, all of us, and all of us, I think, fall into this trap from time to time. Sometimes we want to make everybody happy and still be who we really are. Can't be done. Won't work. So we're here. We're living in a society that's begging for change. And society is nothing more than a reflection of the group soul, the group soul's intention. So when we at one time begin to create the symphony of our soul to be here for this presence of God more than anything else, a vibration is established. And that allows others to join in. A symphony of the group soul begins to play the song of love and freedom and justice and all the good that we know that should be here in our world. We begin within. We begin within in order for the symphony of our soul to be in rhythm with the universal song of oneness. We must ask ourselves a certain question. And that question must be this. What song shall I sing today? What should be the symphony of my soul today? The symphony is determined by the mental awareness in the moment. What's going on now? About what's passing through in this moment. We all have these different moods and experiences. So if worry is passing through, then our symphony is one of absolute faith. If jealousy is passing through, the symphony is one of enoughness. There's more than enough to go around. 
If there's fear and doubt about having enough, we arrange a symphony of infinite supply and divine wealth in the life of God, which is limitless. If disease or disharmony of the body temple is taking place, the symphony is one of wholeness and vitality and vigor. We must ask ourselves every day when we wake up, what should be my symphony today? And we know that life corresponds absolutely to the nature of the symphony of our soul. That's what we're dealing with. We're not necessarily all dealing with external events. They're just a symptom of the internal workings that's going on collectively and individually. So I'll start by dealing with our awareness, dealing with what's passing through our consciousness, dealing with states of mind. We want to hear this because 100% we're dealing with a state of mind that these states of mind have coagulated into our habits, points of view, experiences, circumstances, people in our lives. And then on a broader scale, there is the collective agreement. And this is coagulated into group experience. This group experience that shows up in countries and nations and communities is all a reflection of states of mind. That's why Mahatma Gandhi said, if you want to change the world, change yourself first. Our symphony is determined by the state of mind that is passing through in the moment. You know, so we look at some of the principles and that we have, you know, you know, we believe in the giving, we believe in the law of circulation here. It's a universal law. You know, by circulating our first thoughts in the morning to God, we should start there. Oftentimes people wake up immediately and they start thinking about their schedule and planners and where they're going to do that by the end of the day. Now, that slowed down a little bit during the pandemic, I think. But I think it's picking up again. I got to talk to some of my friends. They're ready to back on the treadmill again. And, 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 and people, minds immediately goes to the future. How am I going to get this accomplished? How am I going to get from here to there? How am I going to pick up that person? How am I going to meet them over here? And before they get out of the bed, they're tired. They just want to pull the covers over their head. I understand. I had that days like that. No, this is too much. And sometimes we may give ourselves signals to be sick and hope life is just kind of goes away. We want to circulate those beginning thoughts each and every morning to what symphony am I to play today? Sometimes that symphony is one of praise. We wake up in the morning, you know, we're happy to be alive. As that song said, great to be alive. We dig our first breath in the morning. You know, we know who we are. We know who we woke up next to. We're happy about it. We woke, with our, woke up with ourselves. We're happy about that. Life is good. But then there's other days. Eh, we're a little unconscious. We don't know who we are. We don't know who we're with. We play a new symphony based upon what we want to pass through our awareness. We take our attention back. We hone our awareness, getting in harmony with the rhythm of this magnificent grand universe. And if we find ourselves going down a pathway not to our liking, that's not in alignment with truth of our being, we can change our tune. We can change the symphony of our song and begin again. We have to discipline ourselves that we're really going through the school called life. And it's not about beating ourselves up for any mistakes that we have made, as I mentioned, and, and begin to look at life as the research project. 
I think, I think that's God calling. <laughs> Got to answer to our research project. But we want to reinterpret the situation and realize that research is nothing more than the art of successfully failing. What we're researching is a story. You know, I was just thinking about this. I was, uh, during the pandemic, I started learning Spanish again. I, I hadn't taken it in a long time since college days. So I took this app called Duolingo, you know. I guess that means two languages. And, uh, you know, you go through a lesson, and before you go to your next lesson, they go back to your previous lesson and say, let's go over the ones that you missed. In other words, they give you a do-over. You do over for the things that you may have messed up, the places where you made a mistake. I think in life, we keep finding ways that would do not work. And all those things do is put us closer to what does work. So we're researching the infinite. We're researching the presence of God and see how it operates. So we're researching prosperity. We're researching wealth and abundance. We're researching love and health and compassion. We're researching generosity and forgiveness and beauty. We're researching justice and innovativeness and creativity. And along the way, if things are not going the way that we think they should be going, in the rarefied atmosphere of truth, we can begin again. When we realize and accept this on a deep level, we understand that everything is working together for our good because behind the pictures that we see, there is an unfolding good because there is no duality. Like I said, we're living in a universe and only oneness that appears as two-ness at times in order for there to be movement of thought so things can move forward. But the only reason that there are polarities of opposites in this three-dimensional world is so that there is movement to something greater. Help me understand some of the stuff that's going on maybe in our world today. You know, high-profile trials that took place in Wisconsin and Georgia recently, sometimes the device of political rhetoric, even the pandemic itself. When there is a void and a positive and you place them together, something moves in the visible world. God's thought is already complete as it moves into three-dimensional world, it creates a pair of what seems to be opposites and frictions and just for the simulation of motion, but there is really isn't any duality. There is only no otherness. There is no other power. There is only the presence of God. There is only the presence of God. And an infinite power that is everywhere present cannot have an opposite. It cannot have something else. If God is everywhere present totally and completely, and it is, and odd is absolutely good, there can be nothing else. There's just the appearances that we need to change by changing ourselves and get in alignment with it. So when we convince ourselves of that truth, we won't have anything to resist because we'll stop creating it. We are the creators of it. It won't be there. It won't be there. It won't be there. Then you can say, get thee behind me, crazy thought. That's an out picturing of a crazy idea. There's only God here. And I'm divinely supported, maintained, and sustained by this power and the presence and the love of God itself. 
I'm staying in tune with the spirit of the living God. Because one with the infinite is always a majority consciousness. I don't need to vote on it. I know it. It is the truth that liberates us and sets us free. God is all that there is. There is no other. There is pure spirit, but we have to know it alive with absolute faith. As that song said, we are alive in this world. We are alive in this world. Let's get in tune with that. Get in tune with that rhythm and see our life unfold, our world unfold in ways that we never had imagined up until this point. So it is. Peace and blessings. I'm done. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center